Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing the outlook for global equities. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm delighted to be joined by Nadia Grant, Head of Global Equities. Welcome, Nadia, and thanks for joining me. Hello, and thank you very much for having me. Delighted to be here. So, of course, it's been a challenging year for equities, but I think we also need to keep it in perspective. Not so much an unusual year from an historical perspective. Equities go up, equities go down. Uh, over the long run, mostly go up, but we know there is volatility. So it's a bit all part and parcel of the asset class. Um, a bit more challenging for our friends in fixed income who perhaps are not quite so used to returns like we've seen this year. Uh, now, if we think about some of the drivers, what's the environment? Well, we all appreciate uh, we've had high inflation, and as a result, uh, we have central banks being quite aggressive, perhaps more aggressive than we expected to address that inflation. And Mario Draghi's famous phrase of doing whatever it takes for the euro is now central banks doing whatever it takes to bring inflation back down. So if you could maybe start us off, Nadia, with you know a, a summary of, of what's gone on. Uh, what have we seen over the course of the year? Yes, absolutely. And as you said, quite an eventful year so far, indeed. Equities are obviously more volatile as an asset class, as you pointed out. But volatility, uh, as measured by the VIX index, has been very elevated uh, given uh, the uncertainty that we're facing on the macroeconomics outlook. And so, yes, we've entered the year pretty well with a strong above uh, trend economic growth prospects. We had, as you said, high and rising inflation leading to uh, rising yields. But we also had the rise in real yield, uh, which was the uh, the new phenomenon. And that really has shocked our growth stocks. And whilst those that are more value or more economically sensitive, barely corrected. And so we've seen that style sort of disconnect of performance until June in the first half of the year. And until then, our view or the base case view of uh, BNP Paribas Asset Management was uh, that the strong U.S. economy was, would withstand the Fed tightening and deliver a soft landing in 2023. But that view really changed in June. Inflation kept surprising on the upside, and uh, it seemed to be more broad-based than we initially uh, thought, uh, more than that supply-side bottlenecks that was COVID-related and spreading to wages and rents. And that was further aggravated by the rise in energy prices due to the conflict in Ukraine. So uh, the Fed toughened their stance uh, and delivered that 75 BIP uh, hike, uh, which led us to rethink our outlook for US and for global equities. And our base case uh, drifted from soft to hard lending in 2023. Then over the summer, the market staged quite a recovery that was fueled by depressed sentiment, depressed positioning and quite strong second quarter earnings. And we saw a move down in yield uh, over the period that gave a respite to highly valued growth stocks uh, that started outperforming uh, value names. So let's pick up a little bit more on what we learned from the second quarter earnings season and then what you anticipate for the third quarter. Uh, I think I hear every quarter that it's this season's going to be really important and we're going to learn so much and you know often we do and often we don't. I guess what were your lessons from the second quarter and what do you expect for the third? 
Yes, the second quarter was not, as you <laughs> depicted it, was not that quarter where all of a sudden the companies uh, were going to profit warn and tell us uh, about that imminent recession. Uh, on the contrary, actually, it was a solid second quarter. 75% of the company beat consensus EPS, 70% did beat on revenues, and they delivered 7% in the US EPS growth uh, with a positive surprise that was a good, albeit slightly smaller than the five-year average surprise that we've had uh, on EPS. I would note that uh, excluding the energy sector, there was barely any earnings growth. And we did see margin pressure for the first time. So the earnings growth delivered was lower than that of the revenue growth that we saw for that period. Another noteworthy point from the second quarter was that we did see an easing of the supply chain bottleneck. So uh, that was a, a definitely a very positive sign uh, and probably related to uh, the reopening happening in China. When we looked at guidance, the sort of more forward-looking uh, view from the companies, it was basically in line in terms of the numbers of company warning and being above expectation with what we've witnessed over the past five years. So no sign of an imminent slowdown from there. But I guess what matters is what it mean, What does it mean? Does it mean we have a disconnect between the corporate world, between the bottom up and what our top-down view is? And why? why is that so? In my opinion, it's not so much of a disconnect as a sort of time lens. Indeed, earnings tend to be more of a lagging indicator. They tell us what's happened over the past quarter and companies don't tend to see much in advance an imminent slowdown. And I guess this slowdown has been the sort of the slow motion one. We're expecting a slowdown. Our team, uh, our, our macroeconomics team is expecting a slowdown sometimes in the middle of next year. And so uh, we're very unlikely to see that coming through too early earnings in the second quarter of this year. And market obviously being a discounting mechanism tend to forecast uh, the event a lot, a lot sooner and tend to bottom likewise a lot sooner than earnings do. And so as far as the third quarter is concerned, we could possibly see some signs of that economic slowdown that we've seen from the rolling over or the softening of economics, leading economics indicator. Uh, but uh, I guess it with little confidence that it's either this quarter or the next one that will see cracks in the guidance of the company from their order books or from their forward looking uh, measurements. I think that that's exactly the, the key point. On one hand, we look at activity today. I think the, the messages uh, you hear from the companies that you talk to is actually think things aren't bad. You know, it's actually quite good and a lot of demand. Uh, but at the same time, we all seem to collectively expect this recession uh, next year. So I've got to ask the question, one, where do you think we're heading? Uh, but probably even more importantly, given that outlook, how are you positioned? Sure. Well, I do think that the Fed confirmed their very hawkish sense at, uh, at Jackson Hole and we, we did see yields shooting right back up and market resuming and selling pressure after that. And obviously yesterday we had DFOMC that was just a confirmation of that hawkishness. And so when we look at the sell-off that we've seen so far in equities, our view is that you can largely explain the move with what we've seen in real yields. So at least leaves seemingly quite little in a way of earnings recession priced in the market. And so in our opinion, if we are going to experience what we think would be a shallow recession in 2023, 
earnings ought to come down. And when we compare what a typical recession delivers in terms of earnings contraction, so high single digit to low double digit negative earnings growth, that is very different from where consensus expectations are at today with the consensus expecting 8% earnings growth. So that leaves the market, in our opinion, vulnerable to quite a sizable downside. And as a result, we're positioning more cautiously, a bit more defensively. Geographically, we favor higher quality markets such as the US market versus the rest of the world. Looking at style, we like quality. We think that quality tends to deliver performance, particularly in periods of economic slowdown. And we note that our investment philosophy looks at quality companies with improving business momentum with valuation support. So we think that our process should help us navigate this in certain times. And then when we look at sector, we really like the healthcare sector. And so we have exposure there to less economically sensitive pharmaceutical companies with innovative pipeline, with very interesting pipeline. And we also very much overrate the uh, IT sector with exposure uh, to secular growth themes such as cloud computing and software. We're relatively neutral in the energy sector. And indeed, energy prices have corrected quite a lot. And we think that a lot of the exploration and production company discount a much lower oil price longer term than current price. So we think they're already discounting a quite a bearish outlook for the economy. And we would note as well that the OPEC has intervened and they're showing that uh, to borrow a term from uh, the sell side uh, from an analyst at Bank of America, that $80 may be the new $60, that, you know, the Saudi do need $80 to balance its budget. So no wonder or no surprise that they've been intervening uh, around those levels. And longer term, we think that tight supply and demand in the sector should remain because of uh, years of underinvestment. So within the energy sector, we favor best-in-class company from a sustainability standpoint that have clear transition plans that are leading in the renewable space. Thanks very much, Nadia. If I can summarize a couple of the key points, and I think certainly the, the most relevant one has got to be the importance of real rates driving equity markets, if you will, and the poor performance that we've had, particularly for growth stocks, a function of that increase in real rates, whereas value stocks, as you highlighted, have held up much better. And of course, the key question after Jackson Hole, after the latest Fed meeting, uh, is how much further, if at all, do real rates necessarily need to go, or maybe, hopefully, uh, we're at the peak, but that remains to be seen. Of course, the other key factor is the earnings outlook. And until now, really, it hasn't been that bad. We always uh, wait with the new earnings season uh, with bated breath what the companies are going to convey. So we'll see if we do start to get more profit warnings. But again, growth for the time being does seem solid. That said, probably a recession and a slowdown ahead. With that in mind, you mentioned that your position generally defensively. Preferring the U.S., preferring quality, and for sectors, healthcare, and IT. Well, Nadia, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our new website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. If you like Talking Heads, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. 
You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Nadia Grant, Head of Global Equities. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.